music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Hey, it's Matt Pinfield, and it's the Hivecast, and I'm really happy to have you here from England. One of my new favorite new bands from over the UK. And right now I'm here with uh, Samuel, Will, and Pete, and their friend Harry as well. Chili did not make it here. I don't know where. He's probably running around New York City somewhere, but that's all right. Because I know what that's like, because that's what I was like for me the first times I went to England, to London, and out to the Reading Festival and things like that. Just tore it up. And I wanted to, I got to ask you guys, because I know you're originally, I know you formed in London, but... You're actually from south of England, right? I mean, are some of you guys, was anybody there from like down like by Exeter or Portsmouth or that area? Where are you guys from? Um, William. William? Yeah, yeah. Um, I am as well. A little village. Sussex boys. A little fishing village. Yeah. Called um, just down the road from Keith Richard, actually. No kidding. Yeah. Now, what about you, Sam? Where are you from originally? I'm from London. So you are from London? I'm, yeah. All of these guys are from the south coast. Yeah. And Sussex. And, yeah. That area. Okay. So, um,. I know that the, like you guys actually kind of met up at the Reading Festival originally, right? Or a couple of you guys did. Chile and I met at Reading Festival. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about what that. What, what, what were you? Did you guys run into each other at a certain, seeing a certain band there? Who were you there to see that year, and what year was it? Yeah, uh, no, yeah. it was actually in the middle of the night around the campfire, and um, you were uh, playing guitar on the campfire, right? Yeah, Yellow Seven. That was where it was, and um, yeah, I was playing guitar, I was playing Velvet Underground, and he was trying to, I think, get with one of my friends. And um, he ended up seeing me play the guitar and um, he claimed to be a manager and he gave me his card, which was just his um, email address. Right. Jotted down <laughs> in the he wrote paper. Here's my card. Yeah. And by the way, I play bass too. And that's what he said. No, and then yeah, I, yeah. I just ended up being his friend after that. And we just went, um, we just met up quite a few times and just spoke about music and the things we liked. And we just kind of swapped like bands and he taught me about things like Nick Cave and the Bad Seas. I talked him things about the, the clash and things like that let's talk about that because i know i think i saw him wearing it was it you or him wearing a nick cave in the bad seas i think we've all got a nick cave in the bad yeah. seas t-shirt now yeah, everyone knows. Yeah. i ran into last time i ran into cave he was actually going into a hotel it's a little hotel it's a boutique hotel in london in right like near the royal albert hall and i was staying there to do um some broadcasting at absolute radio and at abbey road studio too um, on the Beatles anniversary of when 09909 came out, I did my radio show from there. And uh, it was funny because I saw Nick and I hadn't seen him in years. He came out to that old house I used to DJ at that, um, <laughs> and sat with me for an hour and a half on the radio because his book and the ass saw the angel had just come out. So we were playing like <laughs> mercy seat. And we had a great the glory time. is. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So he, he came and sat down and hung out for like an hour and a half in that old radio station in Asbury Park, New Jersey, you know, so. in the woods area. But So Reading's such a great festival to begin with. So what a great place to have met, mm. you know? Definitely. Now, what Velvet Underground song were you playing, Sam? Uh, it was Heroin. Oh, really? So he probably was like, wait, I wonder what these guys up into at that period yeah. of time. Were you doing like the full 11 minutes of it? Or we were just, oh, yeah, we were singing along. Long. Yeah, I think it was about a good a 45 point. minutes. I think we did every verse about three times. If yeah. I remember. Yeah. through the end by the doors as well. Yeah. Oh, so you were going for all the long songs oh, at God, that yeah, period yeah. of time. I You're like, all right, this songs. is going to last a while. This, you can probably do a whole set of three songs that'll be even at 45 minutes long at that period yeah. of time. All great tracks though, by the way. You guys know that Lou didn't like jim you know like there was the whole yeah you're not surprised though jim jim's the cali you know yeah. head in the clouds type and lose the gutter rock new yorker does yeah, not no, confuse you know, does lou, it i think the thing with lou more than anything might have been at the time that you know nico wouldn't like wasn't interested in him even though he was in a band but she was in love with jim so they had that like 
quick three-month relationship. Also, Jim would come out and be hammered at like the parties out here. So there was a lot of insanity. There's stark contrast as well with him. What's that? There's stark contrast with him as well. I can I can believe that. I never heard that. Yeah, but I can believe some that. Crazy stuff. When uh, I love both their music, and you know, friends yeah. with Lou now. But when uh, when Jim died, he was like, "Oh, really? You found a better? How splendid!" So oh, like, really? Oh, still? Yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, that was. I oh, still. I bet he misses him now. Yeah. Now the best rockers on about. Crazy times. So, who were you there at the Reading Festival to see that year, Sam? And what were you talking Libertines. about? What was no, the common ground? Was that radiohead year? Uh, yeah, radiohead. Kings of Leon. Find the guy who invented. I wasn't really there to Kings of Leon, but I was there to Radiohead and Monkeys. Oh, Monkeys were there, but I mean, we we just were we, into the festival really thing. Basically, the best year for the lineups wise. I mean, the Libertines led the year after, which was quite special. Which went, yeah. but that was when we went. That was. The chili one was yeah. we were actually still committed to. So we still loved Reading. Yeah, we just wanted yeah. to go and hang out with our friends in a field and see some great stuff. Well, Reading's such a great festival too. And the other thing, why it's a little better than Leeds is you can still walk into town if you want to do something else <laughs> yeah. and come back. Where Leeds, I think, once you're out in that field, am I am I right? Is uh, you're out there. Yeah, but have you, you seen have you seen the town of Reading? I remember uh, having lunch there with with John Peel. Back in 92, I think it was the year that Nirvana played from that live at Reading in the 92 when he came out in the hospital. Yeah. Thing. It, was, it was pretty, it was a good time. <laughs> it was a good year, actually. But um, I, I want to say I love the records. And one of the things I also loved about the band was just the fact that as you got together, it was a common bond of, you know, artists that you loved. But then finding Studio 180, which obviously you named the album after. Tell mm. me about Studio 180, because isn't it kind of like... It, it, you're, it's like a rehearsal space for you guys, right? And recording space. Tell me. Uh, it's, uh, we've tried to record there, but it ended in, in, ended in actually a great song. But you wrote uh, there. A few, yeah. A few, a few. Oh, which one? Oh, Funk, Funk in the Trunk. Funk in the Trunk. I'm still haven't heard it. Our first single off our great. second record. I just spoke to Steve. Was, yeah, yeah, we recorded three songs in there, but it was, it was oh a bit strange. Yeah. But we wrote all the songs in there, and um, we um, played our first ever shows there. And it's uh, yeah, basically an artist studio with about six rooms where just loads of different artists kind of hang out and just. We haven't been back there for a while, so it's yeah, it'll be very hard. different. It changes. All, oh, so all I mean, is it a place that you guys rented? Like, did you rent? Yeah, but it was a lot cheaper than all the other studios that bands normally go to in London, and um, yeah, it was pretty much falling apart when we moved in. And I think he's done it. It was almost it was a just place. Yeah, yeah, four yeah, walls and a ceiling. Yeah. 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 You know, in the squatters places. It's well. very difficult to find those kind of places now. And when you do, it's kind of. Well, this is, this place has got a lot of soul, yeah. a lot of atmosphere. The house with a purpose. It's definitely, it's been an inspiration yeah. for our record. That's great. So that's why you decided to name it after that. And did you put on like little impromptu shows for friends there too? Yeah, that's initially. We just kind of had a philosophy where we'd only write songs that our friends could dance to pretty much. And uh, yeah, we just brought them down because there's nothing much else going on in London. I mean, speaking of which, I mean, the music scene over there, I mean, there are definitely some great, great artists, but it's been, as Paul Weller said, it's hard enough for guitar bands out there without all this pop idol shit going on. Yeah. I loved when Weller said that, actually. I was very excited <laughs> to hear him take a, take, you know, to take a shot at that whole thing. So I'm just so happy to see that you guys have have been doing really well there and the country's really embraced you and the album's went up, it debuted at like number 11 and uh, 
Things have just, you know, been going really well, which I think is cool. Now, I love the story about Jeff uh, Travis from Rough Trade, that he was one of the few record company people, was that right, that he that knew the cover that you guys did of California Sun by the Rivera? Yeah. Like, yeah, doing no, a little yeah. surf rock there, and, and he recognized it. And the other people, what was the, the vibe? Ramones, like? Everyone thought everyone, it was yeah, Ramones. Yeah, thought it was a Ramones cover that be, he, he knew. No one knew that it was Riviera, apart from Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Was it the Ramones or the Riviera? Yeah. yeah. Actually, I can't remember. Ramones covered it too, but so many. I, I think it might have been even different person doing that. There's been there's loads yeah, of it's probably yeah, definitely one of the Ramones. Ramones one is so yeah. clearly a cover. Yeah, it, it was the yeah. first. It was the first song that we ever learned to play together. Yeah, so, oh, that's yeah. cool. What other songs did you do? Any other covers back then as well? Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> what did you guys <laughs> do? Oh, did did you? Hey Joe went on. Hey Joe, we did a twenty minute version of Hey Joe at our first ever gig. Yeah, just because we only had three songs, which are only. Two minutes, 51 minutes, uh, yeah. seconds long. So you're like, since our songs are short, we're going to throw a couple things in, which is cool. Have you ever heard the Leaves version of Hey Joe? That's like the, because it was done by Was it on Hendrix. Nuggets? Yeah, was, it was, that, was that on the Nuggets? Yeah, on the yeah, Nuggets record, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But um, but that's cool. So you did that. What other things did you cover? Um, we've covered Gun Club, Sex Beat. We One of my favorite. I still don't know the lyrics, but yeah. it's just going to be. If you ever need me to write them down for you, I would. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'd be good, actually. Yeah. I remember yeah. Eddie Cock, can we still do that? We did that the other night in Williamsburg. And what's the disco one? <laughs> Rock your baby. Rock your baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> you did George McRae? Yeah, we did that for yeah. Spotify. We yeah. did, did you? We recorded So, what did you it. use for that keyboard, that like kind of rolling intro it keyboard was... organ? What did you guys do? Um, that studio was like full of keyboards that I've never seen before in my life. It was a great studio. And it was just there was something like the doors would use. It was just kind of like weird. And so I used that because I just never used Almost it. Almost Victorian kind of. Kind of. It was verging. Yeah, it was verging on that. Yeah. It sounded great. It sounded good. Also, another one that we've done is Tonight by Iggy Park. That was a, that was a fun one. Great track. Yeah. yeah. We still need to yeah. listen to me. We never really did it we've live. Once live. We did it once. And that, but... was, that was on your birthday, actually. That was Preston. Oh, that was Preston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. I love that you do Sex Beat. You know, that's that Fire of Love record, and that's almost one of Jack White's all time favorites. Yeah. Because uh, I was under one of my many radio shows that I had, the morning show I did here in New York City. I had a thing where you would spin my iPod, and people would pick a number, you know, out of 20,000 songs. And we said, and, you know, I put on it, Sex Beat came on. And Jack could not believe that he was in New York City and heard that at 8 a.m. on a big radio station in New York City. And the guy, one of my friends who's, who's been a fan of this for years, he goes, are you trying to get fired? Playing Sex Beat at fucking 8 in the morning? It was yeah, great, though. It's a, it's great a good driving start, song. Yeah. It is. Great way to start, and that's yeah, what people are doing at 8 a.m., so it's just yeah. a, perfect, it's a perfect track, you know, which is really cool. So what are you, what are you guys doing before the band? One of you guys were working at a clothing store, right? Who was doing that? Was no, that you? Shitty, the guy that's not here. Yeah. Uh, he look. He, has he? Do people always say he looks like Christian Bale's little brother? Did they give him? He oh, was, he last was, he, night, last he, when yeah. he claimed he looked like River Phoenix. Which, yeah. I'm sorry, Chili. I'm not having. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell him he's got more of the Christian Bale uh, younger um, brother. I can see him here. It's his prominent nose. I've not seen that on anyone yeah, else. Yeah, no, it's got quite. A, I think he's got a very distinctive face. It's hard to say who he looks like. But yeah. He, you know, well, well when he smiles, Phoenix. he looks a bit like Snoopy. Actually, he looks yeah. more like Joaquin than River. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think he looks like either of them. He looks more like Joaquin, though. Joaquin's no. got a prominent nose. Yeah, but they're quite... He looks no, more like Joaquin. Think of Stan by Me and think of River Phoenix. Yeah. Chili looks nothing like him. I know, I know, but I don't if know Chili what... If Chili was a bit podgier, River you could get away after with it. By me. Did you already do that run of shows, of California shows you were playing like every night in between, or was that coming up? Like, oh, no, that's yeah, so we started we, in... We, yeah, we, we, we started in, in the West. Yeah, we yeah. did New York in January, whatever, but then this tour was... Started with Coachella. 
yeah. LA in between, and then up north and stuff like that. Do you, what's your favorite place in America, man? I mean, is it New York? New York, City? definitely. Yeah, it's got it's definitely great, isn't it? So, yeah. where'd you guys hang out? Like while you're here on the, I mean, you've been here for a few nights. What did you do after your shows and? Where'd you guys go? Um, I feel like everywhere, yeah, pretty York. much. We, I think we've done we've done Manhattan more this time than we did last time. Last time was Brooklyn. Yeah, no, yeah. hung around Ludlow Street quite a bit, actually. Now, no, this is what I mean. Like, not, like before. Lower East Side. Lower, yeah, lower, yeah, like we were in Lower East Side. It's a great yeah. place because little venues like pianos and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, ended up in, yeah. we ended up yeah. in pianos the other night. That was where... No, we didn't. Oh, no, we voted next to it. Cake shop. Cake shop's cool. Yeah, we were there. Like, we turned, like, it was like nice and quiet. We turned up sort of all in force and they let us put like, the music one. It's a great it's place because it's got... I was like getting free drinks there. It was great. Yeah, the owner there. Oh, coffee is, shop uh, and it's got a little, no, it was, it's got yeah, a little yeah, record thing. The owner there. Somebody oh, oh, really left the Parquet Courts record on three times in a row we listened to the Parquet Courts. Oh, yeah. We're talking about now. Three times. Yeah. It's deep. It's the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. I've seen or heard every you know interviewer ask you guys, well, you guys have been hyped a lot and you guys actually live up to it. And the press has been really great he, on both sides of the Atlantic. People are saying, you know, here's a band that actually lives up to hype because, you know, NME for years, as great a magazine as it is, there's been the period where some people have been hyped and then knocked down as well because you know how the British yeah. press can be. Is, but... <laughs> I mean, it's still a great legendary magazine, and they've been really, really supportive of you guys. When did they discover you? How did they How did they find the band? It was pretty early on because we had this this studio, and we had nothing online. Everyone started talking, you know, and just amongst everybody had to like book if they wanted to see us. Like, they had to like book in like a, a time and like an appointment with us. They wanted us to play like a few tracks. I mean, originally there's the labels, but then some. Actually, we got we got Matt came down. Matt came down first. Matt with Wilkinson Ash. with that, yeah, yeah, Ash, and then you know our manager Milo pretty much yeah sorted everything out from there. <laughs> yeah. Just started all up. Speaking of which, I mean, making the record, you worked with uh, one guy from uh, Testicles, right, and yeah. then the other guy well, from Pulps, right? Mm -hmm. um, which was how did you end up work connecting with them? Were you fans of either of those bands, or was it just somebody that you were introduced to? Well, Steve to Steve came to us. He, you know, he approached Rough Trade and said that he wanted to produce us because when we went in, you know, we sat down and we're like, who do you want to produce your album? We had no clue. I mean, we've never been into a recording studio before, so. Were there any records in particular you looked at and said, well, maybe we want to work with that guy because that record I like, or were you just going to wait well, and see if you vibe we, did, we just wanted to get along with somebody and yeah. um, share a similar idea. We, there wasn't anything to do with like, sure. what they've done in the past, really. It was, didn't want to judge anybody on that. It's more like their mentality in the studio. Yeah, you spend two weeks like, and you, you don't want to stress yourself out. Yeah, you just do. What you Steve do. didn't want to insert himself too much. He just wanted us to. Like, we already had an idea of what we wanted to sound like anyway, mm -hmm. um, so we didn't really need someone to do that for us. We just needed someone that would kind of basically help us do it. Were all the songs in the album written when you when you went in to do it, or did a couple? The only one about? that was. So yeah, Johnny Bag of Donuts, we kind of didn't have any like lyrics yeah. and we were just kind of like shouting at each other for about 20 minutes in the studio and eventually it was done. Can I talk to you guys about some of the songs now um, that are on the yeah. record? And yeah, you can give me, talk to me about their origins as well. <laughs> I love We Found Love, that's, that's a great track. Tell me about that one. Um, that was a similar kind of way to Johnny Bag of Donuts, I just said. It was, um, we had two days off during like a serious touring period and um, we really, really needed to write another song. And it was all of us in a room together. And I went to the we, toilet yeah. and I went <laughs> and I just, 
No, that's what everybody likes to think, but yeah. I was just went oh. for a wee. And, uh, <laughs> and um, so I heard a riff being played. I came in the room and I was like, what the hell is that riff? What the hell is that? And it's like, dun, 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 dun. And she was just standing there and it was like, okay, it's a bit rubbish, but yeah, we'll go for that. And then just played that riff for about 20 minutes over and over again, just screaming down a microphone and uh, recorded that. And then went away and listened to it and kind of crafted a song. What about Last of the Summer Wine? Tell me about that track, which ended up being... <laughs> That's actually the hardest to remember, actually, the way that that, that came about, because it was quite early on, but it wasn't the earliest. It was like a midpoint yeah. between... Um, I think we well, actually the, came up with the introduction the, when we were the introduction living together. for quite a long time. Yeah, like all the Garden Birds and Last of the Summer Wine, we had those synth, synth parts where Pete had them. Um, I was just trying to figure out what... Yeah, I think I we just spent half the time it, trying yeah. to figure out what we put in between them yeah to make yeah. them actual songs rather than just listening to some i remember actually hearing a bit of sound. all the garden birds from above yeah, yeah. In, in the flat Lucky that we used to live in yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah we had before we even found 180 we still had like some ideas for songs but 180 was the, really the place where we could actually put those songs things together, together so yeah. that you could so you could really concentrate and have some vibe there you oh, know last this summer wine the video for it it really it had overtones of, of some old Beatles stuff, like help, you know what I mean, with the umbrellas and just or anything and kind of the feel thing, which I thought was cool. I actually oh, really enjoyed my, it. Because to me, it was quintessential British four-piece yeah. band. And yeah, I we weren't trying cool. to do anything. Those, those yeah. umbrellas actually caught on a bit. People, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bring them to the yeah. shows with Are the umbrellas, really? yeah. Luckily, they don't take somebody's eye out while they're <laughs> spinning them around at the gig. But no, it was it was a really cool clip. I, I kind of loved the feeling of it. It kind of felt uh, like there was some camaraderie. I love the fact it was raining as well. That was... Our best of friends, which enemy came up with the best tracks for the year, which I thought was really cool, and um, it's the first single here as well. Tell me a bit about that song. I think she was going through some lady trouble at the time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he needed someone to talk to, and uh, no one to talk to until you write a song. No, no, it was pretty much the first song that we'd actually sat down together and tried to actually work through and it's actually our only song with a real structure and I went verse chorus verse chorus so we actually initially hated it because we thought it was so predictable and oh god we've written a stadium rock song and um, the first time we played it we were quite embarrassed to play actually best friend don't need to be my girl and then people started saying oh that's probably your catchiest song I think that might be your first single and we completely gobsmacked by that but then eventually we just uh yeah, well basically jeff was like, yeah he wasn't jeff, jeff was like, it might be your first single, single. Yeah, yeah, he was like what do you want your first single to be I'm like maybe like well, the like, uh, yeah, yeah, he was like, like no, you're no, doing best of friends you will do best of friends yeah yeah that's a great song though by the way but is it funny sometimes you tend as an artist to overthink the tracks that you actually write yeah. because you're like, 100%. well, does it sound like one of them? And sometimes the things that take the least amount of time also become yeah, the most enduring as well. Chicken, chicken Dippers, dippers was, was two minutes. Yeah. Really? That yeah. took two minutes <laughs> to write. Yeah. Like I kind of want a Tom. I think you guys, you guys had gone out for a cigarette and by the time you came back in, yeah, I, yeah, I'd finished it. Like, done. like I had the bass line and yeah. that was it. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, I think that it's because it's a great track. Again, mm-hmm. it's another great track. Thank and then I was, I couldn't, on the spot, I, didn't know what to call it and so, so i was like well they handed the type that you know naming the song to the drummer yeah <laughs> does evoke the same feeling as chicken dippers yeah yeah 
Who's Johnny Bag of Donuts about? I mean, is it about someone in particular? It's a, it's it's a man in the 70s who, um, <laughs> who... Got paid to do the fade-outs. I don't know his full name, but everyone called him Johnny Bag of Donuts, and he used to work in the studios with all the big producers, and yeah, he got paid to do all the, the, the long fade-outs, and he was the best in the industry at doing the fade-outs. He was world famous for it, and uh, well, he would get his uh, $200 off of the fade-out, and uh, I think, and... He always, asked, he always asked for like... It was every time he asked for five hundred dollars and a bag of donuts as he was doing the fade out of the record, and it was like I think it was just like a sort of engineering thing. Where it was like if you hear a good fade out at the end of the record, you call it a Johnny Bag of Donuts. Yeah, and it's the only track on the album that has a fade out. Delivery as opposed to any call, right? Exactly. Yeah, so they, on that one, we actually do have a Johnny Bag of Donuts. It's great, but it's not the Johnny Bag of Donuts. It's a tribute to Johnny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also nothing, it does have a Johnny Bag of Donuts at the end because it is a good fade out. Yeah, yeah it's great. Oh, uh, it's not as good, you know. You Where did you hear the story about him? Was somebody talking? One about of Steve. our engineers. Yeah, one of our engineers. Oh, <laughs> that Johnny Bag of Donuts. Now you've got me because I, you know I love music history stuff. Mm. I'm gonna have to go and find out exactly <laughs> who he is. No one knows. And what records he's worked on. You won't. You won't but no one knows. Out. It's like, is it? Could could it be an urban legend or is it like? What do you guys think? Because it's a great story. I think it's hard. I reckon he did exist, but there's nothing. Every urban legend has a kernel of truth as well. It does, yeah. It's where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? So, you got, I mean, so what's up next for the band? Because I know that you guys can't stay that much longer. And tell Chili next time he definitely has to show up. I mean, I sure he had a late night. I know so many great little bars down there on the on the Lower East Side. It never stops. Yeah. Great. Well, that's the thing about New York, which is really yeah. cool. And that's the difference. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I love things about L.A. too, but it's crazy when you can't find a place that stays open late in the uh-huh. Here you can eat or stay out of a bar, stay out of a place to hang out. I got. You no, know, I, just do I, it. I, I, I left on that day. bar and ended up turning down raw fish in Chinatown at like 5 a.m. I had the best, <laughs> I had the best yeah. burger of my life last night, like 2 in the morning. You did? It was so good. Do you Black remember Mar- the name of the place? place? Black Market. It was Black Market. So good. Oh, the Black Market's great. Did you guys go to the the bar under it, the cabin? Yeah, Adam Green was there. Yeah. Was a big fan oh, of Adam. Yeah, Adam's a great guy. Yeah, the, really the cabin's happy. really... Um, it was desolate. Yeah. It was quiet last night? It was quite quiet, Because yeah. it's always... You'll always see, like, you know, a lot of the comedians that you see on movies and TV here and actresses, like Scarlett. Oh, Benzel, that's so yeah, because when I went down... And then tons yeah. of bands. Black Keys are always... Like, you know, Patrick from Black Keys is always there pretty much when he's in town and a bunch of other people. It's, Someone it's did ask place. me as I was going in, they were like, who are you with? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, who are you That's with? You have to be answer. with, so yeah. <laughs> That's so, place on that Tell him I'm with you. Do you know who, you, who I am? Oh, man. I think, I don't think you know. You are there any cool places, like after our clubs or places that you can go in London now? New. No. <laughs> no. There's, there's some, I mean, there's yeah. some pubs that do lock-ins. See, the, back in the, I mean, I'm, I, now I'm dating myself because I'm an older gentleman, of course, and could be your dad, probably all your dads, but I remember being there with, um, and Damon Auburn and I and Miles Hunt from the Wonder Stuff going to the Syndrome, and and Damon had just gotten his twelve inch white pressing of Bang from the Leisure album. And he's like, I gotta, we gotta hear, listen to it. And we brought it up to the DJ to play. And we're talking about early '90s guys, or '89 actually, is what it was so long ago. How probably when you guys were born, right? Or, yeah, yeah, '91. Yeah, you go. Amazing, amazing guys. I just want to tell you how great it is to have you here and how excited i am about the band and really really love the first record and and uh we'll have to have you guys back when you come back in again but uh, all the best to you also thanks Thanks for coming by today all right everybody it's sam will pete 
And of course, Harry's along, and I've heard great things. Quickly, Harry, I've heard from my friend Andrew Keller, Columbia yeah. Records, who I used to work with when I did A&R there, and one of my closest friends. Didn't he go to the zoo with you guys or just some crazy thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He we told went. me, like, I, I would love, he goes, you got to meet Harry, you got to meet Harry. <laughs> Don't we meet walk, the band, meet Harry. Reputation's <laughs> proceeding, Andy Warhol. Yeah. Yeah, this is like bad. Absolutely. Guys, thanks so much for coming by. Thank Great you to have you. Hey, pick up the new album, 180. It's from Palmer Violets right here on Hivecast. Matt Pinfield, take care now. Thanks for listening. This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.